a unique message for you this morning. I, I really want to to encourage you. You know, the, the truth is, is that, you know, I've been in the ministry long enough that you, you see the roller coaster of life. You see the roller coaster of everything that you do. You see the high days. You see the low days. You see all of that. And and, and the truth is, every time you, well, when you're in the valley, you can be really encouraged because you know if you hold on, there's a mountaintop coming. And then, it, you know, but when you're on the mountaintop, you have to just keep yourself prepared because, look, you can't have another mountaintop unless you have another valley. Uh, and so that's going to come also. And so uh, I'm going to uh, talk to you a little bit in the vein of why do bad, bad things happen? Why do negative things happen? Why? Why do we have these kind of issues? You know, this statement, it's amazing how good God is, but at times how bad life can seem to be. You know, God never changes, and He's always good, and so He's, 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 he's wonderful, He's gracious, He's merciful, He's patient, incredibly so, and, and how good He can be and how bad life can seem at any given moment. And honestly, faulty reasoning as to why bad things happen is what really affects our lives. And, and you know, we all go through the negatives. We all go through issues of life. We all go through the ups and downs. We have the good days and the bad days. We have uh, different situations. But here's what happens, though. It all comes down here to our thinking as we go through those things. Now, here's some of the, the faulty reasoning. One is bad things happen because God does not care about you. You know, this, this negative is happening in my life because God just doesn't care. And that's a lot of the world out there. They think there's a, a God out there, or they think there's a supreme being out there, or they think there's somebody out there, but they don't think he really cares about. He's not involved in your life right now. You know, of course, there's a big movement right now, and I forget the ex- exact actual term, uh, actual term but, uh, you know, they, that the earth and er- all of us, we're all just, we're all God. We're all just one big unit. And so, uh, uh, you know, if something bad happens, it, it's really, it, it, it's because there is no creation that actually cares about you. And God's not a creation, but they just believe that we're all created, even the, the world. But so bad things, there's another reason bad things happen to you because you're not loved. You know, because God doesn't love you, nobody else loves you. And, uh, and so bad things are happening because you're not loved. Bad things happen because God is displeased with you. Well, this is real easy for, for a Christian to, to kind of let happen to him. And, you know, okay, uh, you know, something bad happens. You know, you're out trying to, 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 to work on the car and the, and the wrench slips and you knock your knuckles and knock all the skin off. Anybody ever had that happen? Okay, I was looking for some lady to raise her hand. Um, uh, no, but, you know, the, the fact is, I did that one time. I was talking about going, going hunting. I was out in Oregon, and I said, you understand, you know what it means to be out there in that stand? And, you know, and, and I said, anybody understand what I'm talking about? Five women raised their hand. I thought, okay, I'm in Oregon. I understand. And so, but the fact is, is that, uh, uh, you know, the, the bad things happen, but we, we get in our minds that, well, God must be upset with me. It must be because I, I failed here, because I did this, or because I got set, uh, upset here, or because I said that. And, and you know, uh, we, we've just got such a wrong perspective why things happen. I'm not saying God doesn't ever come and he doesn't ever uh, bring some chastisement to you. I'm just telling you that, that that's not always the reason bad things happen. Bad things happen because God is punishing you. 
That's what we think. You know, well, he must be punishing me because this bad thing happened the way it turned out. Well, first we must consider, I want you to consider a few things. First consider that bad things may happen simply because of bad decisions. Think about that, folks. Uh, Bad things happen sometimes in our life simply because we made bad decisions. So it had nothing to do with God's love for us. He didn't want us to make that decision. It has nothing to do with the fact that he doesn't care about us. He does care about us, and he did not want us to make that decision. But you know what we did? We made the decision on our own. Can I tell you something? I can go back to almost every decision that ends up biting me later. It was one that I did not stop to pray about beforehand. It was one that I acted impulsively. And so, it was, you know, okay, when, when uh, John will remember this very vividly, but, it, but uh, when, when I shot Alex in the head with a BB gun, bad things happened. Anybody understand? Bad things happened. It was not a pleasant situation for a while there. And I just had that gun about three or four days. I mean, Chris got it for Christmas, and before the week's out, it's gone. That's bad. It's bad when you wait all year long to get a BB gun and get your first one, and now you plug your brother in the head. I mean, it wasn't my fault. He shouldn't have stuck his head there. But the but bad, that wasn't God's fault. It wasn't that God didn't care. You know, truth was, I believe God probably sent an angel to protect those stupid little boys and kind of shift that BB over a little bit because it stuck right up in his head about right here, missed his eye about an inch or maybe a half inch. Bad things happen, but it might have been my own decision. You know, I, I told the men the other day, you know, recently I lost a pretty good sum, sum of money because I violated a wisdom principle of my own. And that's that I don't buy my own impulse. I've taught it. I tell myself. And you know what I did? I did it. Don't be looking at me that way, Mr. Finance Man. The, uh, I did it. I, I know I did it. I know I, bought, I was frustrated and I needed to get it solved and I needed to get the problem solved and I wanted to get it done and I did. And I lost some money. I lost my BB gun because I chose to violate a direct command. I lost some money because I I violated a principle. So that's not God, and that's not God doing it because he's upset with me. I made those decisions. Now, what is wonderful is that God can take even our bad decisions and make it work together for good if we will then come back to him and give it to him. Do you understand that even when you've blown it and made a terrible decision, you know what I do right now more than any other thing that I've ever done, the thing that I'm trying to be careful not to, to address what it was, but, but that more than any other thing that I've ever made a bad decision about, I pray about that thing almost daily that God would bless it from this point on. You know, okay, Lord, I was stupid. You know I was stupid. You knew I was stupid while I was doing it. I'm just asking you, give grace to this old boy and let it continue to function, okay? And I believe, listen, I believe I got a good God. I think he's going to do that for us. Now, there's a second reason. Boy, you are quiet today. My goodness. I love these. I love these days. I really do. You know why? Because it makes the other days seem so much better. And so, now there's a second reason that bad things sometimes happen. Number two, there are evil people in this world and they desire to hurt people. Did you know there's evil people in the world? 
You know that 99% of everybody I've talked to in this whole community are going Saturday after Saturday or during the week or on Wednesday or whenever we go, uh, 99% of everybody has been kind to me every place I've been, every store I've been to. But about 1%, there have just been some people that have been mean. And you know what? They just want to be mean. And there are people that want to beat you out of anything you got. I saw on the, on, the, on the news this morning, I didn't really read it, I didn't have to, it said a, a picture of a woman, uh, you know, she's in a hoodie or something, but she's stealing off of a counter, you know, where you give, you donate money to cancer research. They were collecting money, it was at a liquor store, but they were, they were collecting money for cancer research and she stole the bucket. Now that's just wrong. That is wrong. I mean, you know, when some drunk came in there and put his money in there, he didn't mean for it to go to her. Well, that's, uh, you understand, don't you, Jay? I think. The, now, we've all experienced this. We've all experienced We're just, there are just people that, and look, can I tell you, even then, it's really not the people, it's Satan who has influenced their minds, who has attacked their minds and affected their minds. Finally, what we consider evil, listen to this now, this is so good. What we consider evil are maybe the steps that God has ordered for us, not to hurt us, but to use us to defeat the evil in the world. Did you know that God lets you go through some things that we believe are evil and he's doing it? For your own good. Just to give you an example. Go to Exodus. I know we've been a while for this. And normally I read the the scripture at the beginning. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. Could everybody just say amen real quick for me? I just want to make sure that people are living and breathing out here. (laughs) It is amazing how there is a mood that permeates from Sunday to Sunday. You see? I mean, one Sunday, everybody just, ha, 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 Next Sunday. And that's the way I feel this Sunday is. It's one of those, I'm glad I'm here. Look at Exodus chapter 2, verse 1. It says, and there... Went, uh, went a man of the house of Levi and took to wife a daughter of Levi. Uh, and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. And if you don't know the Bible, it's not saying that the daughter and the man were brother and sister. That Levi is in the past back here, you know, like great, 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 great. great. Anyway, uh, so and the woman conceived and bare a son. And when he saw him, that he was a goodly child, she hid him three months. And when she could no longer hide him, she took for him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch and put the child therein. And she laid it in the flags by the river's brink. So we know this, this is Moses. And Moses is being born, and all the children are going to be killed, uh, you know, all the male children at two years of age. And so Moses is, going to, is destined to be murdered by uh, the powers that be. And, and his mom and dad take him and put him in the ark of bulrushes. They, they basically, some slime and mud and, and, and brush that they, they just pack together, and they're going to put him in there and put him in the river. 
Father, I pray that you bless here in just the next few minutes. And Holy Spirit of God, please guide my mind, my thoughts. Lord, help me to be a help and a blessing to somebody. Holy Spirit, I yield myself to thee. Lord, I pray that you'd wrap your arms around this place. And Lord, this, this morning, we, we need you maybe more so than, than most. We, we need you this morning, Spirit of God. And, and Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus and ask you to, to bind the, the, the spirits that would try to steal away the truth today or, or to bring a, a somberness or a depression to our hearts. Or, Lord, I pray right now that you would guide us and fill us with your joy and your spirit. Please, I ask in Jesus' name, amen. I want you to just think about this. This is a baby abandoned. And a baby abandoned is rejection at its greatest. You know, we read about it periodically. You'll come toward Christmas, and you may, you may read about it again. It's some baby found on the doorstep. Of course, the society we're getting to today, they don't even bother with that. You know, just a, I think it's about a year ago, reading about a little baby that was found in a garbage can. What could be worse for this baby? What could be worse for this family? How could a, a good and loving God allow this to happen to this loving family? This family made no decisions that brought this on. You understand? They didn't, they didn't make any decisions that, that were, brought them to this situation of despair. Evil men wanted to hurt them and their baby. Immediately, the normal mind would think, there can be no good to come out of this entire situation. There can be no good of coming out of putting a baby in a crocodile-infested river in a floating bucket of brush and mud. There can be no good that comes out of this. But God says in Psalm 37, 23, and 24, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not early be, be, uh, be utterly cast down, for the Lord upholdeth him with his hand. Remember what the Scripture said of this baby. He, he said, this Scripture said, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And the, the, verse 2, the woman conceived and bare a son, and when she saw him, that he was a goodly child. God had the steps of uh, Moses ordered from his birth. He had the steps of Moses ordered from his birth. And can I tell you, the truth is, whether you understand or not, believe it or not, God has your steps ordered. And so, also God says, Psalm 27, 10, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. And this is what Moses, he's been forsaken. He's been put in an ark of bulrushes just to float away. I know this, it sure doesn't seem like God has taken him up. And, and, and truth is, uh, in all of our minds, as we were present at this moment, we would look at this and say, God's not taking him up. He's forsaken. This infant's left all alone and floating down the river. He'd be too young to understand these words that they had been written at the time, but the Scripture says in Hebrews 13, 5, uh, for, he, for he said, hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. And, and Moses, being an infant, could never, never understood these words if he had heard them. But, but God said and in eternity past, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. So we have an incredibly, I mean, negative situation if we keep the baby, they're going to murder him. And, and what, is, we, what are we going to do? We're going to put him in an ark of bull, slime, mud, and brush, and we're going to put him in a, in a crocodile-infested river. 
So let's be real to ourselves. This mom and dad would struggle for consolation and struggle believing these words. If they had heard them, then I'll never leave thee forsaken. God will never leave thee nor forsake thee, but surely he has forsaken us, they would say. They would say, for we have to place our baby in the river. Now, here's what we do. We've read the rest of the story. At least most of us have. We know the rest of the story. So we look at it, and somehow we think that they had this amazing faith, and they knew what was going to happen to Moses. I really don't believe that. I believe believe it's just as possible that they simply could not bear to see their baby killed. And they would rather cast him into the river and let him float away alive than know he was dead. That's my, if that had been me, that had been the way that I would have done it. I would have rather seen my last sight of them floating away alive than to watch them butcher him. Exodus 2, chapter, I mean, verses 5 through 10 says, The daughter of Pharaoh came down to wash herself at the river, and her maidens walked along by the riverside, and when she saw the ark among the flags, she sent her maid to fetch it. And when she opened it, she saw the child, and behold, the baby wept. And she had compassion on him and said, This is one of the Hebrews' children. Then said his sister to Pharaoh's daughter, Shall I go and call to to thee a nurse of the Hebrew women, that she may nurse the child for thee? And Pharaoh's daughter said to her, Go. And the maid went and called the child's mother. And, and Pharaoh's daughter said unto her, Take this child away and nurse it for me, and I will give thee thy wages. And the woman took the child and nursed it. And the child grew, and she brought him unto Pharaoh's daughter, and he became her son. And she called his name Moses, and she said, Because I drew him out of the water. Moses' mom and dad and sister did not have to wait long to see God's hand at work. Now, the truth is, sometimes in our negative situation, we may have to wait a, long, a lot longer uh, to recognize it. And sometimes it's happening in front of us and we don't recognize it. But right here, they see God's hand almost immediately. I mean, it, it, amazing things happen. Not only is he just floating for a short period of time and they spot him and they pull him in and, and Pharaoh's daughter uh, takes him, but then they, who's standing around? His sister. And his sister goes, get his mama. And his mama comes and is paid to nurse him. That's a pretty amazing story. That's an amazing God. But Moses' mom and dad and sister didn't have to wait long to see God's handiwork, although every moment, and I want you to think about that he was in the water, and every moment that he was in the arms of Pharaoh's daughter, I know they were still concerned for his life because they don't know what she's going to do with him. She may take him and mock and say, look at this, one of the Hebrews' children. Let's take him and have him killed. But Moses, on the other hand, grew up, and for years, I want you to think about this on Moses' side. For years, he did not know fully why his mother and father gave him up when he was young. I don't think he knew the whole story. Regardless of whether how much of it he knew, he still knew this. I believe he knew his mom and daddy were over here, and he was living away from them. He had been given up. I think, I think they had to have some feeling of abandonment. I think he had some hurt. I think at times he didn't understand why it had to happen to him. 
Don't you know that his mother probably wondered if she had done the right thing? You say, why? I mean, he's alive. When she had to watch him day after day being reared in a wicked place by wicked, idol-worshiping people. Yes, he lived. I wonder at times if she had said it had been better that he hadn't. To live in that world that he's living in. Why would these horrible things happen to these good people? Because God had ordered the steps. God had ordered the steps. Folks, if you'd be honest with you, some of the, 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 the most terrible things in our lives, they come, and when we look back at them, and we look back at what we endured, but we realize that if that had not been, we wouldn't be where we are. We wouldn't be who we are. God had his hand on Moses' life. You know, I've illustrated this. I mean, but, you know, four, four and a half years ago, there was a traumatic change in our life and, and major, major health issues. But I believe every one of those things, now as I look back at them, all they were doing was getting us to the place to be ready to come here. That, that's a good thing, folks. Come on, y'all. Encourage me just a little bit. Y'all just tell me like, uh, so? I feel like somebody's looking at, yeah, and that's another bad thing that happened. So, <laughs> All that they must have thought was incredibly horrible was, in fact, God's path of success and service. I want you to think about this. Moses was not given up to die, but to live. You know, we, we look at these neck and we think, okay, he was put in there. No, they might have thought he was surely going to die in that ark of bulrushes, but God knew he was put in there to live. Moses was not given up to suffer, but to help others out of their suffering. Moses was not given up to, to be placed in bondage, but to lead others out of bondage. Moses was not given up because he was not loved, but because he was loved. The same is true of you and me. Tonight or today we have church members and family members who suffer. Uh, some in hospitals and poor Miss Lola again, you know, just she's going in tomorrow and so nervous and, and asked me to pray with her uh, just yesterday. But some continually fighting with debilitating illnesses and pain and some with strokes and some dealing with uh, the first of uh, uh, this year, the, the deaths of loved ones and going through those first and and truthfully this this week is is thanksgiving and those first of, of not having that loved ones those are pretty hard things facing the holidays that last year were so different it's no accident that you're here today in this place right now hearing this message right now with these people of god that he's brought into your life god is loving you right now if you'll just see it believe it embrace it and trust it 
God has ordered your steps. And the negative things that you go into through life, look, they, where would you be? If I, there are some horrible things that have taken place in my life, and maybe not like yours, but there's some things that have taken place in my life. But I look back on them and I realize we would not be who we are if we had not gone through those things. There would be no deliverer if Moses had not been abandoned. Don't believe the devil's lie that you're not loved. Don't believe the lie that God is not good. Many a parent in Christianity has had a goodly child that God wanted to place in a basket of bulrushes, but parents often say, no, I don't want them to have to live that way. And I just, just for you that are parents, listen, if God wants to do something with your child, if God wants them to do something that maybe doesn't look like it's going to get everything or have everything that somebody else can have, listen, let them do the will of God. Let me, let me just, I think there's been several people in here, if not many, that have been, been blessed by Michael and Brooke being here, and especially Michael counseling. And I think there have been quite a few people that have helped. I think him going through the Wednesday nights uh, uh, with the, the spiritual warfare counseling and teaching us on that and, and teaching on spiritual warfare, I think it's been a blessing. Uh, at least people have told me that it's been a blessing to them. Can, can you understand this? They, that, those things would have never happened. He couldn't stand up here and preach those things. They couldn't give you the testimony that they have except the heartache and the hardship that they've gone through. He would have never learned them. He would never have learned this dependency on God except that they were in. God just kind of picked them up and put them in an ark of bulrushes. You see, we so often, though, we say we don't want them to suffer. We don't want them to have to do without. We don't want them. We want them to have a good career that will care for them. I know we, we all say, well, I would give my children or I would give my own life if I knew the only other option was death. And can I just tell you, any divergence from the will of God for your life is, in effect, a spiritual death. God's will is the only option. I mean, sometimes God's will means you're going to go through some rough times. Joe Beth, uh, just a couple of days ago, she was sitting with me, and, and, uh, and I, can't, I can't remember all that what even brought the conversation, but she looked and she said, you know, I'm glad that we're happy wherever we are whatever we have. You know, we were talking, I think, talking about living in a, a motor home for 14 months and a broken down motor home. Different, you know, it's not... When you realize that the will of God is so much greater. And I just, I'm thrilled, honestly. I, 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 we had not been, at, not been able to do some of the things that we've done except that she has been willing to have or to not have. I think Paul said something about that. But you know, that's what that is, is 
going through the good times and the bad times. Do we not see and understand any option away from the will of God leads to spiritual death? I'm simply asking, are we willing to let God direct our paths? And when the paths, listen, and when the paths get dark and fearful and discouraging, will we still trust God that God knows the path that we take because he ordered the path. I'm going to say this, and, and, and I, I guess because I've spoken to youth so, so much, this is kind of on my mind as I was doing this, but moms and dads, if you still have children at home, the best way to give your children to God and to point them towards serving God, the best way to do that is for you to surrender your life to God. You know, for, for a long time, and I think it's hurt us in Christianity, is we've, you know, we had a movement in the 60s, 70s of Christian schools. But somewhere along the way, Christian schools kind of evolved into just a protective organization. A place where you could put your kids where they wouldn't have to experience negative. You say, well, isn't that good? That wasn't the purpose of the, purpose of the Christian school. The purpose of the Christian school was to get them to know God. Amen. To get them to walk with God. Get them to trust God. Not just be protected. Protected for what? And that's kind of the mentality that we, we kind of have today. We want enough Christianity that keeps bad things from happening to us. But that's not what it's all about. No, it, what it's about is knowing this book and knowing God and having a relationship with God so that we can go through the good times and say, God's good. And we can go through the down times and say, he's still good. He's still good. He's good all the time. And all the time, God is still good. It's such a cliche thing, but this, God wants us to understand Children, young Christians, regardless of age, follow the example of mature Christians. So it is vital that we are willing to get in the basket ourselves if that's what God wants. I've said this, and, and we've, we've got a couple of minutes, but I've gone through several periods of time in my life where, where especially health-wise, it just I, I thought I could not go on. And I've mentioned so many times that, that Joe Beth was such an encouragement and help and I, I used to even say during one period of illness there for about three or four years I would say that she was my spiritual backbone it's just like when I couldn't get up she just kind of braced me up. But you know one of the things that pushed me and drove me is in my mind those six little girls I had, 
if I quit, that was going to program quitting into their life. If I turned on God and gave up on God, just I'm going to just say it. I don't think Brooke would have stayed in, in the mission field and endured what she's endured. Because daddy quit. So moms and dads, it's more than just, watch this, it's, it's more than just coming to church until we get them grown so that we can kind of keep them out of trouble and then we're done with the whole scenario. And a lot of people do that. We try to get them, you know, I'm going to stay faithful, stay faithful, stay faithful. Okay, whew, good, they're grown, they're gone. I don't need to anymore. They still watch us. And hopefully what they've seen is that in the good times, God's good. In the rough times, God's still good. And I have no doubt. Sometimes I'll say, I'm not sure, you know, who's going. But I'm, I'm just, I know this. I don't have to know your situation. I know some people right here, right now, are going through the rough times. Some of you are at the mountaintop this morning. I mean, it's just been really going good for you. Some of you are in the valley right now. And I understand that. And I'm going to just tell you, we get through them both the same way. Keep your eyes on God. Keep your eyes on God. Trust the promises of God. And whatever is happening in your life, you just keep walking toward Him. We must never into, enter into the woe is me, why does God allow this to happen to me kind of Christianity. So many times we want to stop when things happen and say, why me, God? Maybe he wants you to be a Moses for your home, for your family, for your city, for your nation. Maybe God wants you to go through some rough times so that you can know what it means to serve God for the right reason. Why do bad things happen? Sometimes because God and God's heart and mind, they are not bad at all. They are the situations and circumstances God is using to get us to turn loose of our lives and trust Him with our lives. There have been times in my life when I've been attacked or hurt by others. There have been times that I've hurt myself with bad decisions that, that have also been, there have also been times that God allowed me to go through tough times to get me where he wanted me to be. But Philippians 1.12 says, But I would ye should understand, brethren, that the things which happen unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. Okay, I've been hit. We're going to get up and keep going. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 3 and 4. Blessed be God and even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all of our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. And it's, it's pretty wordy, but God just saying, you know what? You're going through what you're going through so you can feel and sense the comfort of God. Why? So you can comfort somebody else by the comfort you've been given. So you're going through it. Quit 
worrying about what you're enduring. Understand, you're able now to encourage somebody else. The best comforter is the one who has suffered and been comforted. You know, when somebody comes to me, when they have never been through what I've been through, and they come to me and they say, hey, I understand, I look at them and like, right. You don't have a clue. But when somebody has been through what I've been through, when somebody has come through it on the other side and looks at me and says, hey, I understand what you're going through, and listen to me, there's a light at the end of the tunnel, and we're going to get through this. You know what I do? I say, praise God, thank you, you comforted me. And how can they do that? Because they've been comforted themselves. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're facing, will you realize this may be just the path that God has for you. And it may be the very thing that he's going to use to deliver someone else. It's the last thing I say. I've, I've, I've spent the last 30 years with periodically with a phone call or a text or a message for somebody saying, I'm dealing with this illness. They can't figure it out. They don't understand it. I was told that you might be able to help me. I'm no doctor, but I know this. I've been through it, and I can help them if no other way than I can comfort them. I can comfort them. Comfort them to know that there's, there's light on the other side. You can get through it. You know, the greatest comfort that Jesus came and he lived and he died and he gave his life for us and he suffered everything that we would ever suffer. He faced everything that we would ever face. He's endured everything that we would ever endure. And he did that so that we could have eternal life. That's incredible comfort. That's wonderful comfort. And if you don't know for sure that you're on your way to heaven, then I beg you. And I'm sorry about that. I'm not sure where it's coming from or where it is. But if you could concentrate, if you don't know for sure if you're going to heaven, this would be a, a wonderful time to make sure of that. Perfect time. You know, I, I would just say this. It's a funny thing. But that old devil doesn't miss a trick. He don't miss a trick. You know, none of us leave a phone on intentionally. But if it's going to go off, it's always going to go off in the invitation. When somebody might be thinking about something that God might want for them, then we have something go off. But I want you to try to focus right now. Focus on two things. One, do you know for sure you're going to heaven? Two, are you going to trust God to get you through whatever you're facing right now? Are you going to look at your life and say, thank God for what I've been through? Because if I hadn't, I wouldn't be who I am. Wouldn't, probably wouldn't even be sitting in here. Father, I pray that you bless. Lord Jesus.